Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of Fast Pass to the Past, the theme park history podcast. This is technically, I guess, episode 15, but today we're doing things a little bit different and talking about my trip last April to Shanghai Disneyland. I actually went to Tokyo Disneyland as well, but today I'm really focused on Shanghai Disneyland. If you don't know the history of Shanghai Disneyland, go ahead and listen to episode 14 of this podcast and learn all about the history before listening to the trip report. Unlike the ill-faring Hong Kong Disneyland transplant, Shanghai Disneyland is perhaps Disney's most original theme park, leaning very little on real-life locations in history or even meticulously recreated towns or alleys that we've seen in films. Shanghai Disneyland is full of almost completely original and fictional worlds. Something that must be said for attempting a theme park of this scale, of this importance, in that manner. No other Disneyland has faced these handicaps to connection that Shanghai Disneyland has. In my opinion, Shanghai Disneyland flexes creativity that Disneyland brand hasn't really seen since its exception. And it's the first Disney theme park to even attempt approaching something from a vantage other than Walt's Americana or Hollywood movies since Disney Sea in 2001. Shanghai Disneyland is a bold statement from the Disney company in reconceptualizing Disneyland as a truly worldwide phenomenon, accessible to any and all. When I visited Shanghai Disneyland in April of last year, I was awed by the sheer size of the resort area, which was essentially created from scratch, just six kilometers from Shanghai and very close to the international airport. I particularly love the uniqueness of the main Disney town, which reminded me of the original downtown Disney pre-Disney Springs that I used to frequent as a kid in Disney World. In fact, although perhaps most similar in actual attractions and look to Tokyo Disneyland, Disney Sea, I couldn't help but be struck by how much I often felt like I was walking in a very large expansion of Disney World's Magic Kingdom. It probably didn't help that the weather was humid and hot as Florida and Shanghai in April, despite Google telling us to pack for the 50s. Note, Google is banned in China, so do not rely on the weather for your packing decisions. Overall, I really enjoyed my time in Shanghai Disneyland and Shanghai in general, and will definitely be returning. In terms of how I rank Shanghai Disneyland, I would say it's my third favorite castle park after the ever-charming Disneyland Paris and my home park of Disneyland. I would say it's a step above Tokyo Disneyland, which is really just an improved copy of Disney's World's Magic Kingdom, my least favorite castle park. Sorry to those Magic Kingdom lovers. I just personally don't really see the charm or imagination in that park, besides, you know, childhood nostalgia. Shanghai Disneyland actually fixes many of my issues with Magic Kingdom and approves on some of my favorite things about Disneyland. At Shanghai Disneyland, I loved being able to walk through and explore the castle without a six months in advance dining reservation. Plus, it was so much more detailed than Anaheim's castle walkthrough. I also loved not having to wait for the parade for an hour ahead of time due to the longest parade route in Disney Park. As a theater kid, I loved both the ample number of character entertainment, both in the street in front of the castle and, of course, the two gigantic theatrical stunt shows. 
I also really liked using my phone to reserve FastPass's day of without worrying about FastPass's booking out 60 days in advance for the most popular attractions or having to pay an extra $15 for the ease of doing so, like with Disneyland's MaxPass. For now, I'll stop with the comparisons and let Shanghai Disneyland stand on its own, as that's where it really shines. So without further ado, I've invited my boyfriend, also named Austin, so don't be too surprised, on the show to talk a little bit about the things that worked with our trip, the things that didn't work, our recommendations if you are planning a trip to Shanghai Disneyland, or if you're just curious. So here is our conversation that we had about the park. I hope you enjoy. So me and my boyfriend, who is here. Hello. Say hello. Yes. Hello. Uh, we went to Shanghai Disneyland to kind of explore this distinctly Chinese, authentically Disney. That's what Bob Iger says the park is supposed to inspire. So we went there to explore that, but also ride pirates. I think that was our number one reason. Yes. Why we went and there. several times with that. Yes, we read that. But several times. Um, I really personally, overall, really enjoyed my time in Shanghai. Um, I will definitely be returning, I think, especially when they have Zootopia Land, which just got announced. Yes. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I want Are there rides do. coming out for that? What's yeah, that but they be? haven't announced anything. They just announced that it's happening and mm. it's going to happen. But then they said, like, this is a whole other topic, but they said multiple times during the press release, they said, world's first, world's first. And I'm like, what other park is getting the Zootopia land? Like, I need to know now. <laughs> mm. But yes, so that is happening in 2020 or 2021, something like that. I guess I know where we're going that year. Yes. Um, but yes, we really enjoyed Shanghai Disneyland. I would say I've been, he's been to no, no theme parks, basically. That's not true. I know. I've been to most of these Disney parks what in parks the world have you been? now by proxy, just by being with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been to um, Disneyland, California Adventure, um, Shanghai Disney, Tokyo Disneyland, Disney Sea in Japan, Disney World. Uh, which ones in Disney World have I been? You've the been, Castle Park. You've been to all of them except all Hollywood them, Studios. All of them except Hollywood Studios. Yeah, as far as Disney, and then Knott's. Yes, that's not Disney. Yeah. Yeah. But you said theme park. This is a Disney podcast. <laughs> We're talking okay. about Disney today. Okay, those are the Anyway, so I would say, I don't few. know where this ranks for you in terms of Castle Parks, but for me... Disneyland, Shanghai, Shanghai Disneyland, rather, ranks uh, third for me. Does Tokyo Sea count as a castle park? Or no, no, there's no castle. Oh, okay. So no. It's just a Disney park. So the castle um, parks are, just so all of our listeners know, the castle parks are Hong Kong Disneyland, Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World, the original Disneyland in Anaheim, California, Disneyland Paris, and Tokyo Disneyland. I guess it's my number one, just because it's You so like that better than unique. Disneyland? Yeah, sorry. Oh my gosh. That's do. not correct. <laughs> <laughs> you asked an opinion and you said it's incorrect. That's not correct. But it's my it's my favorite. Okay. I'm well, sticking with it. We're not gonna ask him to rate anything. I'm sticking else. with that. 
I would say Disneyland Shanghai. I've rated it third. Uh, first, I would say Disneyland Paris, which is my favorite park. It's um, the, definitely the most beautiful. And then Disneyland being the second as it's the mm. original and mm-hmm. it started everything and it is beautiful and it's my home park. So Disneyland is my second favorite. And then Shanghai Disneyland followed by Tokyo Disneyland. And yes, this will be controversial. Magic Kingdom being my least favorite. Mm. Um, and I have actually done a blog article about why I rated it that way, which I will include in the show notes. If you would like to argue with me, please read the article beforehand so you know mm. what I'm judging it on. I basically judge my rankings on, um, I think it's something, I think the whole system, but I think it's basically like spontaneity. Like you have to be able, in my opinion, for a great theme park to go day of, buy a ticket, not plan mm. it. And mm-hmm. have a good day, and that's mm-hmm. why Magic Kingdom is is last for me because gotcha. I don't like planning things two months in advance, mm. even though I am a planner. So you can't just show up there. You you can't. I mean you you won't get any fast passes. Most mm. of the fast passes book six sixty days wow. out. Um, gotcha. And then Oof, that's rough. So that's a huge part of why Magic Kingdom is at the bottom. Charm is huge for me, and originality. Shanghai Disney performs really well on on both spontaneity considering they don't have any fast pass reservations before the day of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it performs really well for me in terms of originality. It has a lot of original lands, a lot of changes. Um, when you go into the Tomorrowland, for instance, in Shanghai Disneyland, it's like very sleek and modern, which is mm-hmm. not something that you see in the other Tomorrowlands mm-hmm. at all, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is ironic. Um, but yeah, so that is why. It is last for me. So before you slide in my DMs, please read the article. So I think what makes Shanghai Disneyland so great is that it is really accessible to all. I mean, it has a Starbucks in like their downtown Disney area called Disney Town. Yeah, there were some unique things at that Starbucks, too. Yeah, some Chinese-style buns and stuff. Yeah, I had a, it was a red bean pastry. And it was delicious. And I still think about it. I want that red bean pastry again. Roll that out, Starbucks. Nation, worldwide. Yeah, what was funny about the Starbucks is, like, we were literally the only people in it at the beginning of a day, at a beginning of a Disney day. That's true. So that's that's very strange. That was a weird dynamic because, like, when the gates open, like, just a mob of hundreds of people were running right past the Starbucks instead of to the Starbucks, like here in America. Yes. It was quite strange. I don't think I've ever been in a Disney Starbucks that has had no line in my yeah. entire life. Yeah, even even out here in, in uh, California, like 8 o'clock at night, the Starbucks will still have a 15-minute line. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. But I think it's pretty accessible. I mean... Shanghai Disneyland has a, has a Starbucks, it has English maps, it has an English app, um, English signage, and the majority of the cast members, they don't necessarily speak English, but we didn't really have you know, a problem. A little, yeah, it, enough to guide you to anything you want to see or, or help you to some degree. Yeah. I think it's fine. I mean, I think it's still relatively, in terms of the international parks, like pretty relatively easy to visit, and it's really a great introduction to an international Disney resort, or even a longer, as or even you could include it as a longer vacation, 
um, to Shanghai, which is amazing global fast growing city, or even to other cities in China or Asia. We rounded out our Shanghai Disneyland trip with visits to the cities of Shanghai and Tokyo. And we also visited Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea um, until we were gone for about eight days. So it's definitely doable. You could easily supplement your Shanghai Disney trip with a trip to Beijing or Hong Kong as well. Yeah, we'll have to do that next time. We got to knock Hong Kong off the list. Yes. So th- for those that don't know, I feel like I talk about it a lot, but Hong Kong Disneyland is my final Disney park that I have not been to um, in the world. Including ones that no longer exist, like Disney Quest and um, I forget the name of the wilderness uh, water park that is defunct, but I've been there as well because I have photo proof. (laughs) That's the only thing I remember about that. I was a child. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the first thing we need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is guest behavior. Mm. When Disney first started, when Shanghai Disneyland first opened in 2016, there was a lot of reports from, like, the New York Times and the OC Register and the LA Times even about guests, like, pooping in flower planters and cutting in line and vandalizing and being disrespectful. Did you see any of that? No, um, but maybe that's because it's been open for a while. I mean, the first time I saw a Disney park, I I may have pooped myself, too, so... No, Maybe. no, I don't think that. No, you don't think that was what happened? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, there there really wasn't any of that um, pushing and shoving here and there. They they do kind of crowd into your personal space a little bit, um, but it definitely wasn't uh, gross or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't see. Yeah, I definitely think the resorts were, the reports rather were exaggerated. Um, yeah, I didn't see anything. Pretty like much that. the only time I got pushed and shoved was like when we were watching the Duffy show, but That's they just true. really like Duffy there. So yeah. like I feel like that was kind of like valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the lines at the beginning to actually get into the park were kind of rough too. Yeah. Because they, they really don't listen or watch for personal space or know what it is. Yeah. They're just kind of right there on yeah. top of you. I mean, to be fair, though, I definitely had a worse time with this in Paris mm. than I had in either of the Asian parks. So I definitely wouldn't let this deter you from visiting Asia. Mm. Um, I definitely found a lot more line cutting trash and people in my personal space in Paris than I did in Shanghai. You don't really remember. Maybe there was a little line cutting. Not really. But, yeah, not not really. Like, maybe one time. I think what... And there was no public defecation. I didn't see No, none of that. that. No. And then we also... Both of us are super, super white. Uh, so mm. sometimes people are taking photos of us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So some girl in China has a, a really great photo of me uh, eating corn on the cob. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, great to know. <laughs> Glad that photo's out there. You're now like a like a giant meme in China. Watch. Probably. Like you have no idea, but like, it's you're, likely. you're the Disney corn girl now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. But like the corn was probably one of the best snacks we had there. Yeah. Snacks weren't that it's great. It's pretty funny though. We did, we did see a lot of people like trying to sneak photos of us and it was pretty obvious. Some of them weren't sneaking. No. They were just taking was, photos. Yeah, it was funny. But to be fair, I did. I have been to China previously back in 2008. Um, and 
people were a lot more intense back then about taking photos of me. Um, but to be fair, it could have just been cuter back then. More blonde. <laughs> Um, the really crazy thing that we witnessed that I haven't seen in any other Disney park ever in my life, um, was that people were selling knockoff merchandise in the park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they actually bought, like, not only were they, they were all over the place. So, uh, while you're waiting in line past the gate, just selling all of this. Including Mickey ears, like fake Mickey ears. fake ears. Big little stuffed animals, all kinds of stuff. And security didn't stop them. It was interesting. No. It was yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, I never saw that before. So that's definitely unique to Shanghai Disneyland, but a great way to get a cheaper souvenir. We'll talk about their souvenirs a little bit later, but that might be the way to go. Mm. Um, I wouldn't let any of these etiquette issues or whatever deter you from visiting China or scare you. Honestly, no, it, it was, was like a, a non-issue. It, it was a great experience. It was a great park, and I think it was really fun. Yeah. I had no issues with anything like that. It was really fun. Yeah. What was your favorite attraction? Mm. Uh, Pirates is definitely up there. Pirates was awesome. It's it's just so cinematic. Uh, in particular, the um, Davy Jones scene. Uh, everything with the ship was really incredible, but there was this... Like eight feet tall Davy Jones animatronic uh, playing his organ, and that was just a super cool scene. That you're you're kind of paused in front of it for a little bit, and he he turns around and swings his tentacle beard at you, and he's talking to you, and it just everything seems so realistic. That was really cool. But the uh, the rope course, yes, the rope course was super intense. That was my favorite. And really felt risque almost for a Disney attraction. Yes. In my opinion. Well, if you would have told me before we went to Shanghai Disneyland that uh, Disneyland and Bob Iger in particular, who was very involved in the creation of this park, would approve uh, people, uh, guests to dangle with just one little rope Mm -hmm. unsupervised over cliffs and caverns. Um, I would say you're fucking crazy. There's no fucking way. Yeah. However, Chinese legality on attractions yeah, seems to be a little, a little bit, bit less. <laughs> I actually was listening to another podcast, um, the Theme Park Trader podcast, and they were talking a little bit about Shanghai a couple weeks ago. And they mentioned how the Tron ride is also a little scary because if mm. you lean back, there's like nothing really holding you in. Mm. Most of the restraints are on your, th- on your uh, calves. I take it back. I forgot the Tron ride was Shanghai. Tron's my favorite. Okay. Tron was insane. It is so fast. The only my only downside with Tron is that it's very short. It's a short ride. It's like forty five seconds long, but it's awesome. It is so intense. It's coming to Walt Disney World. And I'm gonna ride it over and over and over again. And I wonder if the restraints will change for Walt Disney World. I think they will because Tron, mm. similar to the Challenge Trail. It's like a very particular weight and size to fit mm. into the Tron. Yeah. Because you basically have, for those aren't, who haven't watched the POV, POV videos, basically you have like this um, kind of thing sitting on your lower back that holds you in, sort of. And then you have yeah. kind of restraints on that pop out on your calves. And you're kind of crouched down like you're riding a motorcycle. 
-hmm. And I don't think that that's going to accommodate Orlando bodies as well as it accommodates Chinese bodies. Yeah, it could. Uh, It it kind of reminds me of that horse roller coaster at Knott's Knott's. Berry Farm. Yeah, but they don't seem to have an issue with it. I feel like they definitely have an issue with it. Maybe. But it's marketed as a kid's ride. Oh, I guess. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um... Yeah, but I'm really excited for Tron to come to Walt Disney World. It's yeah. definitely going to, they're going to change the restraints 100%, but it's still very cool. Um, other attractions I liked, I liked Voyage to the Crystal Grotto, which is a boat ride that goes underneath the castle. Oh, yeah. Um, by, like, cool. fountain scenes with, like, yeah, basic see, like, animatronics. I liked it. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, and there were, like, crystals and stuff under the castle yeah which was pretty cool it's a spoiler alert sorry oh i'm sorry so we talked a little bit about our favorite attractions how many days do you think people should dedicate to shanghai disneyland well we spent two there and i think that is i think one is almost not enough we got most of the stuff done in in one day i i still feel that there was some things left to explore but Having that second day, I think, was a really smart decision because we could go on some of those rides that we really liked again and really prioritize those rather than have everything rushed within one day. So I, I, I think two is 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 enough. Yeah. One and a half, maybe even. Yeah, I think two is definitely is something you need to budget for this park. Uh, just due to the crowd level, we got pretty lucky, I think, somehow, mm-hmm. in that none of the rides were like crazy long except Soren. Oh yeah, that's um, which right. we which we ended up skipping because we have it in California and we had just gone on it in Epcot. We got to park like at opening, and it was still two hours. Yes, I don't even know how that happened. Yes, so that's another thing. Whereas in every single park except Tokyo Disneyland um, that I've been to, if you get there at opening, you have like a really good advantage. For instance, I can get done just last Sunday. We went to Disneyland and we finished pretty much every major attraction by noon Mm -hmm. Um, because of that opening advantage. They don't really necessarily have that in Shanghai because everyone gets there at opening to get their money's worth, I Mm -hmm. suppose. Um, And they don't sleep in like us lazy Americans. Yep. Um, But yeah, so if you get there at opening, you only have an advantage for maybe one to two rides. So, yeah. for instance, on our first day, what we did is we ran to Pirates because we really wanted to ride that. And then we got a fast pass for Tron. Yeah, it seems like Pirates isn't that popular there for some reason. Well, it's just really high capacity. Mm. Uh, similar to Pirates here in the in the States. They have really high capacity, mm. so the line doesn't get as crazy long as you think it would. But... Yeah, so basically we ran we ran to Pirates. We got a fast pass on our phone, by the way. Every fast pass is booked on your phone. Um, so we booked Tron on our phone. We ran to Pirates. And then right after, we ran to Voyage to the Crystal Grotto. We rode that. And then we got in our line for our third ride. This was probably like, what, like, if it opened, if the park opened at 8, this was probably like 8.30. And already the line for Peter Pan was like 30 minutes long. And that Mm -hmm. was our third ride. Yeah. It's never happened before in any other park. So Mm -hmm. definitely be aware that 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 opening, you have to get there at opening and it's, 
you're that's the only way that you're going to be able to ride mm-hmm. like two rides. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we did that. And then I would also recommend two days. Uh, two days was really ideal because we got to go on a lot in our first day. And our second day is when we got to do the challenge trail. Which we True. didn't, we couldn't do the first yeah, day because the point. line was so long. Yeah. Um, we also got to see all of the shows the second day as well, which we didn't have time to the first day. And I definitely recommend yeah. some of the shows. Oh, there was a couple really cool shows. The Jack Sparrow show was my personal favorite. I, that and the Tarzan one were good, but go see the Jack Sparrow one for sure. They have a giant wind tunnel in there. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler. Alert. <laughs> I can't talk about the show? No. You can just say it's good. <laughs> um, Go see the Jack Sparrow show. Yeah, I Nothing actually liked more. the Tarzan show more because it had more heart. Um, so I liked that. And I also liked the Castle show as well. Mm. That was really well done. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a step up from the Castle show in Magic Kingdom. Mm. So that was nice. So let's talk about how Duffy is such a big player over there, too. He is a player. He has a lot of friends. He is arguably bigger than Mickey Mouse. He is. Well, that's another thing. In Shanghai, whenever there was a character, people would, like, follow them. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like, not just, like, the the casual following that you see, like, grown-up adults do in Disney World. Mm. But, like, they would mob the characters. Mm. It's pretty funny. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Duffy was cool. Duffy, they love Duffy over there. They're obsessed. There's actually an entire store dedicated to Duffy called the Whistle Stop Shop, which is on Mickey Avenue, which is their version of Main Street. So another great tip if you plan on using your cell phones for internet access or browsing social media at all, there's a couple things you need to do because China is on lockdown mode when it comes to a lot of these uh, platforms. So... To actually get wireless um, uh, Wi-Fi for your device, we used a a pocket-sized device called a Tippy. Um, This allows uh, worldwide uh, Wi-Fi access that you can connect your phone to. And then because China blocks sites like Facebook and Google, uh, you need to use a VPN service. So the one that we used was called ExpressVPN. Uh, you pay for these both ahead of time. They're pretty cheap. I think ExpressVPN was like 15 bucks, And then uh, Tippy wasn't, I don't remember. It was like $8 a day. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cheap and pretty affordable if you plan on using your phone. And then it it's a little spotty here and there, but overall I think we had pretty good use with it. Yeah. That, um, yeah, you could just use your phone as normal, you know, take take your photos in, in front of the castle in Shanghai and post them up on Facebook. No problem. So everyone's jealous. Yeah. Yes. However, I would say that you absolutely need to get a, some kind of portable Wi-Fi um, because you need to book your fast passes on your phone mm, True. for Shanghai. So it's really important to have a fully charged Wi-Fi enabled device to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk a little bit about the cost of Shanghai Disney versus, say, Magic Kingdom or even Disneyland. Mm -hmm. I would say that overall, I think Shanghai Disneyland vacation as a whole, including flights and hotels and food and tickets, is probably about on par as a Walt Disney World vacation. Yeah. 
Some of the merch, I think, was pretty expensive. Some of the shirts. Yes, I think that was like, it was really expensive in comparison to the other parts of the park. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, a shirt would be like half the cost of a ticket, which you would never really find in Walt Disney World. So, it was just kind of strange that the merchandise was so much more expensive than the food and tickets. Tickets to Shanghai Disneyland are probably, I think we paid about 55 American dollars. Yeah. There was some weird pricing, too. To circle back to Starbucks, the coffee was a little bit more than here in America, too. The iced coffee I got was closer, uh, I think it was over $5. It was like $7. Was it? Yeah, um, for just a a grande iced coffee, um, which is like 3 bucks tops here. So that was very expensive. Um, But then some of the things inside the park, uh, snack-wise, weren't that bad. So some of the pastries and stuff that we got. Um, so I don't know the name of the, the bakery, but keep an eye out for, um, uh, there was a, a Mike Wazowski bun and a Groot's face it was a, biscuit thing. It was Remy's pastry, pastry or whatever. Oh yeah. Patisserie. Patisserie. Yeah. Um, it's on that, place, Avenue. that place was really good. Uh, I went there both days. Yes. Overall, but I would overall, say it's overall, I would say that the food at Shanghai Disneyland is like meh. Yeah, pretty much. I would say it's better than Disneyland Paris, which has the worst food. And it didn't seem that snack oriented. It's very similar, I would say, to Walt Disney World, except for the snacks, which they just didn't have a lot of snacks in mm. Shanghai. And it was really apparent when we went to Tokyo Disneyland right after. Mm. And we had oh, like snack haven. 30 snacks in oh. a day and didn't actually eat any real meals. Oh. Um, but snack at Shanghai, they don't have a lot of snacks. Mm-hmm. However, I would say the food quality wise was very similar to Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, not anything to really write home about. But I didn't hate any meal that we had. No, I think there were, uh, we ended up eating... At the kind of outside downtown Disney area. Yeah, Disney Town. Disney Town. And there was some good food there. The ramen place was yeah. very good. I would say definitely eat at Disney Town. It's really easy to access. There's um, lots of options. And it's they actually have an entrance into Disney Town that you can use after like 12 o'clock or whatever. So we didn't mm-hmm. have any wait to get back into the park yeah. after we ate lunch outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recommend that they do have a blue Bayou style, mm. um, uh, quick service restaurant. That's another thing. All of the restaurants in the park are quick service except one. And that is the castle character dining restaurant, which we did not eat at overall to kind of wrap up this cost estimate idea. Um, it helps that cash went very far with the U S dollar exchange to, to Chinese young, um, so I feel like we had the equivalent about $150 each, and we used that for three and a half days for, like, everything, like, all the food and all of the yeah. attractions and snacks and alcohol and souvenirs, transportation, tips, etc. So I think $150 in three and a half days is kind of unheard of in the States Yeah, for all the food and stuff. So it's definitely pretty affordable. We actually even booked a private tour guide in Shanghai for about $75. Yeah, that was one of the highlights of the entire trip. Her name was Peggy. I still remember her. She's amazing. Yes. And I have a link to that tour guide um, in the article that I wrote about Shanghai that you can look at in the show notes. 
taxis to and from our resort were about three to five dollars, and we actually stayed off site. We were going to stay at the Toy Story Hotel, but we actually got used our credit card rewards to stay for free at another hotel that was only like five minutes away. That was mm-hmm. a completely oh, new build. Gorgeous too. It was like a five star Marriott courtyard. That shower though. Okay, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, so it was really, really amazing. Um, so I definitely recommend um, staying off property if you want. The only bad thing about staying off property besides having to take a taxi there is that there is no food or development around the Shanghai Disneyland Resort at all. So if you cannot go back to your hotel and eat because usually the hotel restaurant closes before the park closes, we ate in Disney Town um, both nights that we were there, so it ended up fine. Um, but just something to remember that you can't like go back to your hotel and like walk somewhere like you can in Orlando. You're like pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So just something to keep in mind. <laughs> Another thing that you should budget when you are planning your Shanghai Disneyland vacation is to budget for the hundred and fifty dollar Chinese visa. Mm. That you must get yes. you travel to China. Unless you do what we did, which we don't necessarily recommend. It was pretty hectic. Yeah. So there is a policy in Shanghai and in China. If you fly into certain airports like Shanghai and possibly some others, but I'm not sure which, you can stay in China for up to six days, 144 hours, visa-free. However, this is not a very commonly known rule, which means sometimes people get denied boarding on their flights because they don't know about this rule. Well, isn't it condition uh, conditionary that you have to visit another country as well? Yes. So the way this rule works is that so you can stay for six hours without a I mean six days without a visa. However, you have to be going from country A to country B, which is China. And then onwards to a third country, country C, to be able to have this exception, this visa exception apply to you. So that worked out for us because we actually flew from the U.S. to China to Tokyo and then to Vancouver and then back. So we actually did, we we got extra credit, basically. We Mm -hmm. flew to to four countries. But so you would have to plan if you are doing a Shanghai to... Tokyo or Shanghai to Hong Kong, you would have to go to Shanghai first for this exception to apply. Yeah, it was a little intimidating of a process, too, to get through the uh, border and everything. Yes, so it took us over an hour to get through the border. There was only three people in line, but it took us over an hour. Yeah. And it was it was very intense. I mean, this is a, this is a communist country. They're very strict mm-hmm. on their rules. Um, we had... We had to have printouts of everything that we were doing, all of our hotels, um, everything we were doing in the country to get approved. We had to show these printouts at both our check-in at LAX, at when we boarded the plane at LAX, and when we landed in China. It was it was a lot, and it, it was scary because you don't want to risk either missing your flight because the... The, not all airlines are familiar with this one tiny exception to the visa policy, so yeah. they will ask you, where's your visa? And you would hate to be denied boarding for that. We actually got to LAX, if you remember, 
about three point three and a half hours before our flight, just mm. in case. Yeah. Um, and we saved three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Was it worth the stress? It depends if you cherish your time and stress. Yes. Or just spend a little extra. Money I would for probably recommend getting the visa. Yeah, if you're if you have the budget to put towards a trip like this, you can probably budget a little bit more. Yes. I would recommend you get the visa. Uh just because it just it was such a hassle. It was just such a hassle. Yeah. And I wouldn't recommend it. That's another another regulatory thing. You're not going to want to stay in an Airbnb in China. Because you actually have to register with the local government. Um, at a police office within 24 hours of arriving if you stay in an Airbnb. So always, always, always stay in a hotel if you're visiting China, at least for now, until this rule is repealed. Mm. Um, That's something that I didn't see on any tourist website at all. (laughs) But I saw it on the sign because we were waiting for an hour to get our visa processed. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you have to keep in mind when flying to China and Shanghai is that they do have strange or I mean not strange but different luggage restrictions they never mm-hmm. quite was able to pin down mm-hmm. so I got my hand sanitizer confiscated in China mm-hmm. if you remember yeah because hand sanitizer is flammable so I couldn't take it on the plane but I yeah, take it right. on the plane my entire life <laughs> So I got that that um, confiscated, so that was sad. And they also have this thing about lithium batteries. They never quite understood if it could go in the carry-on or if it had to be with you in the cabin. I think they have to be checked on. So this kind of goes to the Or like, I thought that they, they couldn't thing. be checked. Well, I, no, I think they have to be checked because no, if I think it's, they couldn't. I don't know. I but don't anyway, know. so that was very confusing. And we had mm-hmm. people telling us different things in both China and Japan. Mm-hmm. So if you are bringing an extra battery, a lithium battery, which you should because you're doing a Disney trip, just make sure it's not some one that you, that you would hate to lose, like one that fits in your luggage or anything like that. Just buy one on Amazon, and like if you get it confiscated, yeah, you can get it's an, fine. You can get an extra one for like 10 bucks anyway. Definitely don't cheap. bring your nicest lithium battery. Because yeah, you're, we're, you're, I mean, even us, even right now, we're still confused. Yeah, don't bring the, the diamond bejeweled Yeah, no diamond charger. <laughs> so once you finally get to the airport and you get through this ridiculous visa customs process, you're going to have to go to the taxi stand to get a taxi to the resort area. It's only about 15 minutes. Um, we took taxis to get around China pretty much the entire time, and None of them spoke English, but it wasn't really a problem as long as you have prepared a printed out address in Chinese um, and the telephone number of the place as well in case they want to call and get directions. Yeah, good good tip. They don't speak a word of English there or read it, apparently. So make the sure. the taxi drivers. Uh, yeah, the taxi drivers. Make sure everywhere you want to go, print that information out in Chinese ahead of time. And that includes Disneyland. Yeah. We had to Disneyland, use the Disney your hotel, address. any restaurants or locations that you want to see. Have that all printed in the... In Chinese. In Chinese language. In yeah. Mandarin. 
Yeah, Mandarin, yeah. We could have taken the hotel shuttle to Disneyland, but we had a little trouble as well with the hotel staff not speaking perfect English. Mm-hmm. We didn't quite know how to reserve the shuttle. So we just took taxis, yeah. which was fine. It was only like 2 to $3 per ride. However, a couple times, we ex- the hotel called us a private kind of Uber-like taxi, which was always more expensive and which... Yeah, I think they were trying to be nice. Like it's, it was like hiring a limo to take us to the park, but it wound up being more of a hassle than a benefit. So they can't drop you off at the taxi stand, which is close to the entrance of the park. They can only ta- drop you off at the parking lot of the park, which is really far away. It was probably about the same distance as our hotel from the park. Mm-hmm. So that was not great. <laughs> and it was twice as much as a taxi. Yeah. So definitely wait. And if they call you, if your hotel staff or someone else calls you an Uber like taxi that doesn't say taxi on it, just don't get in and just say that, just keep asking them to call you a taxi. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. Definitely research taxi estimated costs to your destination before you go. So for instance, we took a taxi from the airport, and that was our most expensive taxi our entire time, mm-hmm. even though it was already 15 minutes. So I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I think it was Or what we would even bit. do to say you're scamming us. Yeah. But just be aware that that's, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot. There's something like 45 or so companies in Shanghai that are taxi companies. Yeah, I read something online as we were preparing to pay attention to the color of the taxi, too, because there there are some scam cabs out yeah. there that are not legitimate cab services. And they let so them just, into taxi yeah, roundups. So, so it's, definitely do your research on all of that. Yeah, I mean, not that you'd be able to really do anything unless you speak Chinese, but yeah. just something to be aware of when you're planning your trip. Um, it's definitely a problem in Shanghai. We didn't take any public transportation except with our tour guide one time, Mm -hmm. which was quite the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't take it because we had luggage, so we didn't want to have to go into the the public transportation system because they can get really, really crowded in China, especially during rush hour. Uh, So we didn't want to have our big bags, like, blocking people, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it's really accessible. They do have a track that goes, a train that goes directly to Shanghai Disneyland and Disney Town. Um, so you can definitely take that. We took public transportation primarily in Tokyo yeah. and it wasn't too bad. Shanghai didn't look that bad either. Mm-hmm. So I guess to close off this podcast bonus episode, bonus episode, number one, bonus episode, number one, as I've dubbed it, which it definitely won't be called, but that is what <laughs> I've dubbed it in this recording. Um, what I guess, would you recommend going to Shanghai to Sand? Yeah. Absolutely. Would you recommend going to Shanghai Disneyland over Walt Disney World? Mm, Yes. Yeah. Unless by Walt Disney World, you mean all of the encompassing parks. That's what I mean. No, because Animal Kingdom, I think, is the best park. (laughs) Next to Disney Sea. Okay. So if you're talking about every single park, then no, I would not. Because there's so many. But what if you've been to Walt Disney World before? I have been to Walt Disney World before. 
and you would go to Walt Disney World over Shanghai? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is incorrect. I love asking him questions because they're always wrong. I'm not the expert. I would say... But Animal Kingdom is so fun. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I would say... I would actually really recommend going to Shanghai Disneyland if you've gone to Walt Disney World and Disneyland in California previously. I think it's a great park and you can really see a worldly city as well because Mm -hmm. Shanghai is right there. So maybe even expand your worldview. But then again, I am, I mean, you guys know that I love theme parks. However, I'm not one to spend two weeks at Walt Disney World. So your mileage may vary. But I like to like to see the parks and then also do something that's cultural. Um, so we spent we spent a day in Shanghai and two days in Tokyo. Yeah, and I wanted to spend a lot longer. Yeah. Um, but it was a great compliment. So I think Shanghai Disney is really great for that. However, it comes with a caveat. I do think Shanghai Disneyland is better than doing your normal annual vacation to Walt Disney World or Disneyland. However, if this will be the only international Disney park you will ever do. You gotta go to Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea or Disneyland Paris. I think. Yeah, did, I haven't been to Paris, but Disney Sea is the most unique, incredible park I have ever been to in my life. Yes, it is frequently lauded as as the best theme park in the world. And I think it's, I could easily see that it's it's pretty well amazing. deserving yeah. of that title. And then Disneyland Paris, obviously being, in my opinion, at least uh, the best castle park in the world, the most unique, the most beautiful. Um, so I definitely recommend those two over Shanghai Disneyland. Even though Shanghai Disneyland was really, really amazing. It Technically, was. you should go to all international. Just go to all of them. But if you're if you're it. if you're right now, you're like. Maybe I should do a Disney park internationally instead of my annual trip to Disney World or Disneyland. I would definitely recommend Paris or Tokyo. Yeah. Definitely. Because Tokyo is, like we said, two parks. Mm-hmm. Tokyo Disney Sea, which is sea themed and really incredible. And Tokyo Disneyland, uh, which is a copy completely of the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Yeah. It's basically Disney World. I feel like we could have skipped that park and I would have been fine. It's very, very similar to Magic Kingdom. It's, a, it's an exact copy. Even the castle is the same. Yeah. However, they do have a really cool adventure land. Enjoyed the their snacks, jungle cruise. Though. And their snacks were amazing. So that was our favorite part about Tokyo Disneyland was the snacks. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode and this look into the newest and largest gym in the Walt Disney Company crown. I had a lot of fun visiting Shanghai Disneyland Resort last year, and I hope I've inspired you, or I guess we have inspired you, to plan a trip to the newest Asian park sometime in the future. Thanks for joining me on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Okay, good. You can go back to doing whatever you're doing now. Okay, bye. So thank you so much for your continued support of Fast Pass the Past. I'm in awe by the wonderful messages that you guys have sent me. And I'm so glad this show has meant something to you all. And I'm so glad to play even a small part in your lives. And definitely don't email me if you disagree with me saying that Magic Kingdom is the worst part. And if you enjoyed this podcast or even this episode, definitely let me know because we can possibly do more bonus episodes in the future. 
Thank you so much for listening to my bonus episode, first ever bonus episode. I hope you enjoyed this look into Shanghai Disneyland and the history episode as well. We really had a lot of fun, if you can't tell, visiting Shanghai Disneyland. And definitely let me know if you are planning to go to the park in the future. And then while I have you, I just want to say thank you again for your support of Fast Pass the Pass, the theme park history podcast. Absolutely make sure you check out our brand new store on TeePublic. We just got some new theme park expert designs. I know I have a blast walking around Disneyland with them. People always want to chat with me about what the theme park history is. <laughs> um, so definitely check that out. You can find the link to our store at themeparkhistorypodcast.com. You can also email me at fastpastthepast at gmail.com. You can find the show notes for this episode and all of our other archive episodes at www.themeparkhistorypodcast.com. I hope you guys have a magical day.